Oga Tramchan, went in and sat at Michael Wilson, and a couple of days ago, I interviewed Kitch Doom on this very stage. We spoke about the opening night, the exhibition, and the works. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Kitch. Hello. Hello. Um, thanks for being here today on the same stage you were like a week and a half ago. Um, first of all, congratulations on receiving the Agility Award that enabled, I think, part of this exhibition. Um, you've actually, always, as of today, you've got a film at the close where you being shown in a couple of weeks in Cork. Yeah, it's actually yeah. Um, on the 22nd of September, yeah. That's excellent. Some of, some of these here will be, will be featured in, in this film. Yes. <laughs> Great. Um, could you, for anyone who's not familiar, how you got here, how you got started, how did this happen? Um, so that's a big question. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I guess I've always wanted to be an artist. I've always known I wanted to be an artist. And um, for a long time, I've, well, in school, I always drew. I always thought about actually clothing a lot as well. Clothing is a new part of my work. In the last like two years, it's been like a really important part of my work. And um, I guess how I got here was kind of like, going back to my roots, you know, as, as when I was a kid and when I was a teenager, I always like made up stories and I uh, loved to make people laugh. And I love like the whole absurdity of like becoming other people and what you can learn from that. So, um, I decided to go back to college for, well, for a long time. I didn't do any art at all. And because I was like kind of following what other people said, like, don't, do art you'll never get anywhere and it's a hobby and all that stuff it all got to me and then when I was like about probably like 21 I started saying okay I need to take my art seriously and um yeah I just decided like I need to go back to college and I do this right and uh yeah a few years later now I'm here I've just finished my master's um and yeah I have all these characters I like really I don't know how I got here actually <laughs> It just happened very naturally. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And was at 21 when he was NCADU study, right? Yeah, like I did a portfolio course actually in Sally Noggin, and then I went to Wexford, and then I went um, into NCAD actually, and I finished my graduate, my, my bachelor's in 2019 in printmaking. And then I went straight into a master's wow. in, in media in, in NCAD yeah, as well. Cause yeah, because it's something I've seen in. From the chronology of your films, um, where Meryl makes an appearance, and it's all 2019, 2020, it seems very like it's very fresh, it's very new. So, um, could we talk about some of the characters if that's okay? Yeah. So, some of these outfits here are of and are from different characters. Could you talk a little bit about these? Yeah, of course. Um, I think it's best to talk about Meryl first. Sure. She yeah. was the first <laughs> character from the family um, of characters, and this is her wedding dress. And the story of the wedding dress is actually interesting, I think, because it it came from a shop I used to work in. It was actually like I was working as a photographer in this really small little dingy studio in um, Dublin. And it was, uh, you know, taking photos of families and newborns and things like that. So it was quite nice, actually. And my first job as a photographer as well. And downstairs was this... Um, it was also part of the business, but it was separate, and it was a wedding dress shop. Okay. And nobody went inside. So it was like an abandoned. Oh. <laughs> it was an abandoned wedding dress shop. 
Yeah, and it, I was like, oh my god, this is so interesting because it got me thinking about the symbolism behind weddings and wedding dresses, and also the shop as a whole. Like it was like people are kind of abandoning almost the idea of marriage. I I feel not entirely, but I feel like a lot of people are, and um, just thinking maybe it's not necessary anymore. And so I got the idea of moving on from it, and that feeling of like traditions kind of like still lingering like this shop <laughs> you know and um I guess that's how I got started thinking about Meryl I was like let's think, talk about um a character who represents this feeling sure and uh how um roles like marriage and being a bride and being a mother can um conceal a, an identity and people can feel comfortable in that or they can feel uncomfortable, but it's up to the person. So I wanted to show that. Uh, and then here are her gloves. These, these gloves are actually, like, everybody's freaked out by them. <laughs> and these gloves are, like, um... I've seen these in your movie, uh, or, I'm sorry, it must Meryl releases them on, like, 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 extend your arms a little bit. Yes. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was all very, like, improvised as well and in experiments. It wasn't, I didn't plan it to be like that, but for them to be, like, really extension arms, like, um, but it just happened. And um, I I wanted, this. these are actually really nice satin gloves, like, like bridal gloves, right. and I wanted to make them into a sculpture and actually make them into a skin um, to show like, you know, the context of the, the, the character as well, how you you become this role and you become... It's kind of rigid as well, like, you know, because the material of it, I can see from there compared to the dress, like it's so almost like stiff. Yeah. Like, I keep doing that motion, like, it's kind of like... Yes. I remember from the video. And uh, to, to kind of like keep these out, when I was making them into a sculpture with latex over them, I had to stuff them. So I had loads of like stuffing for like, you know, pillows and things and put it in just just to keep them in. But I didn't realize that it became part of it and it all stuck together. So I couldn't put my hands through. Yeah. So that's why my hands only come up to here because I couldn't get them in more. Did you have to hold on to material like that kind of like... Oh, <laughs> yeah, I thought, oh, okay, this isn't what I planned, but let's go with it. And it actually became a big part of the story sure. and, like, a part of, you know, her as a character. Very eerie as well. I think that it just worked perfectly then. I think so. Yeah. Well, when you're um, sort of, I guess, going from, I know it's a print background, into making your films, how does um, how does a project, like, change what from the start to the end, like, for you, like... Examples, um, things happen, and you kind of work with it, or yeah, definitely improvisation is a huge part of my work. Like it's like acting. Like I do a lot of improvisation and method acting, and I kind of look at everything like that. And uh, when I even made the film with Meryl, I I made that film that that morning actually before we started shooting, um, because it just came to me. And like also, you know, the the part with the arms and things, we we just kind of went with it, and that. That's why it worked. I want that kind of improvised energy and that natural energy in everything that I do. I think it's a lot of work can be maybe premeditated too much, especially film work. Like film work has to be planned to a certain degree, but if it has a bit of both, I think that's where it's like some magic happens, you know? Yeah, I, I guess like something I'm picking up there uh, when I was watching the Meryl Days as she's, I was there walking through the streets of, I think it's Vicker Street where it was shot. Um, you know, they're pretty in character and they're pretty comfortable with that. But if you're just having to suddenly be that character, 
um, of seeing a relationship between ideas of like identity and like you know what you're supposed to be do this and it may not always feel that natural is that kind of like sort of an intentional thing or yeah that's yeah. actually exactly what, <laughs> what the driving <laughs> the driving force behind all my work is about that and yeah. that's why it's kind of like the characters show like they're not really performing the way that you're supposed to they were a bit odd and people that's why like i i decided to bring meryl into like a, the, a, na a natural everyday environment and on thomas street and then through vicar street as well and um well, I got a lot of looks. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I'm performing wrong. It's like it's all about like the the performance of everyday life. That every everybody's performing a role, really, and that's not a bad thing actually. But if somebody performs in a strange way, it is seen as something bad. So it's just showing that really, like, yeah, and um, showing that that feeling, like mm -hmm. that inner feeling of what that feels like to be kind of isolated in a way yeah and it sort of it came across i think at the beginning of that um, and in, in in this exhibition the presentation center and um, on the the vertical flat screen i love that by the way it's so separate and so like otherworldly oh this shame. one here yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love that as well <laughs> there was one I, I came i came for a few visits after your, your opening night and there's one scene where Meryl is rolling the, it's like a veil, but it's not a veil, I think it's like, could you describe that? Oh, it's, it's a stocking. Stock, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, it's because it looks like it's it's way too tiny. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a bridal stocking. It's supposed yeah. to be a really like elegant and kind of sexy stocking and it matches her dress perfectly and yeah. freely and things. And I'm, I guess I'm subverting the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that comes and across. She's actually, she's actually a funny character, even though she comes across very scary she's supposed to be she came across way scarier than i imagined um and she was supposed to be like she is a, a hybrid between a burglar and a bride right yeah right. yeah so. yeah that comes across this is like this super old thing i watched ages ago where a guy tr tries to be a burglar and he struggles with it because he's like i don't want to do it it's too nice and you know that kind of made me think of it like it's sort of for anyone who hasn't seen it yet you should and um, it obscures the face completely presses it in there's lipstick and I think um, in midway through that particular video, there's a part where you can see where the lips are up here, and it's it's so like and sipping the tequila as well at the end of that. Yeah, yeah it's like there's a really good quote. It's something about like you know, um, I feel so disconnected. I think I'm trying to think. It's, I feel so disconnected, but um, but it burns. It's a good burn of like sipping vodka, like you know, or tequila, and it was yeah, came out pretty well. Um, taking the characters from screen and now in this solo show at the presentation center how was that in terms of curating displaying the costumes how, how was that for you um well actually i left the curating to lisa actually yeah. because i like to focus on the work right. more than anything and i feel like the person the the people that are used to the space would understand the space more than i would right. so i don't usually curate to be honest um but um it was, it was like, I, I do have an idea of where I'd like things in a way as well, like, and what, where I want the clothes to be, say, like, sure. and because some, some pieces belong together, almost like a little ecosystem, mm -hmm. and some pieces need their own space, like, you know, the cape here can be on its own, it's yeah. like a, an individual in a way, and like the, the pictures of, the portraits of, like, say, the kids, you know, Junior and Lori, they belong together as well so it's and, and so do the porn gloves as well like yeah. all of that kind of works off each other and together 
So, yeah, I suppose it was my first time having a solo show as well. Um, and I have so much work. It's great to have the solo show because usually I, I want more space. Like in group shows, it's just not the same. But um, I found it a, a really good experience. And this actual, the, the presentation center as a space is perfect for my work because it's a perfect blend of like tradition and modern, you know, like art. So uh, I think I couldn't have asked for a better space, really. Yeah, for sure. Because I think that um, in a lot of the characters I've seen you perform or depict in print, there is that sort of duality or even a triptych thing going on where it's like, notions of celebrity from the 50s 60s um then hyper modern like post-internet styles like for example glass house the video we were talking about earlier like it's it's speaking of curation and that's such a wonderful way to show your work by the way so thank you. <laughs> thank you yeah there's a there's actually a frame print of it just well to the stage left or stage right um is that something you're you're currently building that the glass house yeah so um that that is under construction right right <laughs> and uh i'm still working on it i've taken a break from from that actually for a while after my master's because i was just like working so much <laughs> but um that is like an ongoing project and i'm still working on i think loring's room and junior's room are kind of finished I'm still working on the living area the kitchen and then um the attic which is meryl and Beltman's room so I'm still working on a few things, but it's like a house, you know, you're still yeah. working on these kinds of things, still decorating. We just moved in. Spring you know? cleaning this, yeah. Yeah. They just moved in. <laughs> and um, I'm looking forward to, like, there's so much you can do with 3D environments. I'm hoping to use the same 3D environment for um, the film, the screenplay that I'm working on, which is, like, um, like a, a hopefully a feature-length kind of experimental film, a cinematic experience, and... Um, I want the characters, like live action characters, to be like um, in in this three D virtual house. So that's kind of where it's going. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting concept because it, uh, viewing it on YouTube through the link and seeing it there, um, there's there's almost like there's there's no human presence or there's sort of a sense of an attempt of human presence there. Um, and it's made me think of, I think it's something we talked about before, like post-humanism and elements like that. Could you talk a little bit about like post-humanism really for anyone who isn't aware of it? Yeah, post-humanism is, is, it's like such a big topic, you know, but it's, there's a few things that I take from it. And um, I really like how everything is important in post-humanism. Like humans are not the center of the universe. They're not the center of the world. And in really people do think that we do live in a world that we are the center we don't think about the plants around us we don't think about the environment around yeah. us or we don't think about the animals really around us and really what's important in a world is not like kind of yourself it is the relationships you have with everything around you right. and that's really the important part of posthumanism i take for my work and for my kind of everyday life now and i've learned a lot from it and there's also like posthumanism is is kind of rejecting everything to do with humanist ideals, and humanism is is again to do with humans are the center of the universe. But it all comes also from um, religion, and how like the perfect ideal person is a white male, and uh, anybody who does not fit into this this category yeah. is discriminated against. And uh, yeah, I, I get this um, from. Rosie Bray Dottie's book, 
the posthuman and uh yeah like just all of her her work on the self and that chapter on the self is like a huge inspiration so that's basically what it's about and rejecting all of these ideals that cause discrimination it's sure. like this isn't working do you know whatever's going on here isn't really working there's so many issues and social issues and like people not respecting each other that people want to move on from that now and like think of the world and themselves in a different way and i think it's necessary actually do you explore that um i guess you can say there's an exploration through your characters who have elements of our heightened or maybe archaic old ideas of celebrity of like this is the perfect guy perfect girl but there's a juxtaposition um like kind of like a stacking of characters that you play out and like it's it seems like a very explorative process like doing there um, can you talk to me a little bit, because I'm fascinated with Lauren and Kate and the performance of Emma for your master's show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please talk me through it. Okay, well, uh, Lauren is um, Batman and Meryl's daughter. She's 16 year years old, and uh, she is a, a Catholic schoolgirl. <clears throat> um, but she's also a digital native, so um, she's a cyborg, actually, which is what um, also, like, um, Donna Haraway talks about like how we're all cyborgs because we all have well we're like addicted to our phones basically mm -hmm. can't live without them and they're kind of an extension of our, of our bodies so the kids both the kids are cyborgs and the parents are humans right. um and yeah Loring everybody loves Loring I'm so glad <laughs> because she's such a vibrant character and um so when she's in school her name's Lorraine which is her birth name yeah and when she and she kind of puts on this Lorraine like persona and is this perfect schoolgirl and wants to get all the best grades and like you know all that and then when she goes home she gets to kind of be herself and explore her identity and explore her sexuality online so she has this avatar which is um, Loring and that's a non-binary superhero and uh, yeah she wants to fight the patriarchy online yeah so that's what she's all about and everything every um garment that has been made is like to suit her character her personality her experience mm -hmm. and um the cape was made was designed by me and it was made by um it was made by izzy o'reilly who's an amazing amazing seamstress and designer and i'm very inspired by her work actually for the characters these new characters and um also she made her shorts her latex shorts and uh, then the all the leather pieces that were made were made by uh, Roshan Gartland in collaboration with myself. And it's just been so amazing to actually collaborate with people, like talented people like that. And they put their own vision into the work as well. Sure. And um, yeah, Loring is just a fierce, a fierce superhero, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so next up you have on culture night on the 17th could you talk to me we're going to be back here could you talk us through a little bit what's going to happen this will be going out i think just beforehand so what can we expect what's going to happen oh on culture night i'm yeah. so excited for yeah. culture night <laughs> like, this has been the event i i just like i'm so i'm anticipating so much and um so i guess people can expect to have a really great time it's going to be exciting it's going to be something different for you know and it's worthy yeah. and it's going to be um well i'm going to be there as Loring, performing as Loring, 
And uh, there might be a special guest appearance from one of the other characters, but I'm not sure yet. Exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to keep it a surprise. Yeah, and yeah. Um, then um, there's going to be, it's going to be hosted by Baroness Von Gundier, and who's a powerful performer. And also, there's going to be Poppy Disgrace, who is um, a burlesque dancer and a drag artist. And then there's going to be also... She, Poppy, has like um, her own cabaret. So there's going to be two people from her cabaret, Disgraceful Cabaret. Cool. And it's going to be 24 Carat Gold and uh, Alice, apparently. And I'm very excited to perform with all of these amazing performers. They just, I haven't met all of them in person yet, actually, <laughs> which is kind of interesting, too. And um, yeah, I guess people can expect drag, singing, um, like theatrical kind of performance, um, lip syncing, burlesque, really, yeah. really a bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. And it's sold out, I believe. It's, it's like, sold so, out. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I'm surprised it sold out so quick, but I'm just like, wow, like the response has been so good and I'm really thankful for it. Yeah. Will any of this be either captured or will there be a follow-up of some kind, you think, beyond this one, beyond the 17th, that is? Um, a follow-up. In terms of the, of the performance, like, what do you think it's something you might like to explore more now we can open up and perform live? Oh, yeah, definitely, like, to yeah. continue this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually, I would love to have this show in other places, yeah. definitely, and somebody's already reached out about maybe having it in Waterford, so, oh, cool. yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes first, and then we'll see how it goes, but I think it's, I'm already thinking it sounds great <laughs> I, yeah, I want to yeah. take it anywhere else Absolutely. where it's needed really yeah yeah um, you i remember i'm um, coming across me working in garter lane a little while ago um it was um it was kind of broadcast into the windows yeah that was an interesting way to show was that during lockdown or yeah, was, yeah, it was. yeah yeah cool nice um yeah i've got some some different things i want to go through with you um okay so Performing here, I saw, I was very lucky, it was right up there, I don't know if you can see Yeah, I saw you up there. <laughs> I was like hiding right in the back of the It's kind of nice to be up there. It was cool, like, I, I felt like I did, like, you know, space to myself. Yeah. Um, the audience down here, and um, the piece you performed, you mentioned to me, um, I think afterwards, that it had, had changed, I think, so you had an initial way of performing it, and there was like a transition in itself perform. Could you talk about that? Like? Yeah, of course. So I actually wrote that performance in 2019, right before I was going to have my graduate exhibition. Right. And I was in this state of like constantly making so much work and I didn't have time to really like do that performance. So um, the only time I got to do that performance was in Revision in Belfast. Right. And that was the first time I've ever performed, which, which was a year ago, actually. Um, and now I feel like performance is a really big part of my practice, so that's really cool. But, like, um, I, initially it was made during a time of, like, kind of, like, anguish and, like, kind of, I was very angry and I was uh, I was really writing in my, um, as my alter ego, Kitch Doom, and that's my artist alter ego. And, um, yeah, he was just really mad and, like, kind of, like, realizing a lot of stuff about society and realizing about, a lot of stuff about um, gender and identity and for themselves, you know, and, um, and I suppose you're just like, wow, I, like you can see it in the, I saw it in a kind of negative light. And so that was actually initially a very angry kind of negative, m mad, just mad at the world kind of, um, feeling with that, um, which is not a bad thing, 
But then I realized as I started to find myself more and find myself um, and realize my own gender identity and my own sexuality, I started to be like, okay, this is actually a good thing. Like, you know, yeah, things are really like, I guess, set in a certain way and maybe it's not that comfortable. It doesn't mean you can't, you can just, that you have to stay that way. You can make that comfortable. You can, it's a beautiful thing to rise up from that and to become who you are, you know, like to find yourself as a beautiful thing. So I wanted that kind of like happy, positive note to it this time. So I gave it a new life, a new life. (laughs) Yeah, the pacing of it seemed, um, I don't know it verbatim, the, the, the piece you performed, but I noticed there was a sense of like, uh, it reminded me of some of your, what I call slightly more post-internet pieces, where there's a digital element, it's quick, it's pacey, but there was a very, quote, human or like um, emotional moment in the piece where you kind of went, it's okay, and there was a breath and all that. And I felt like a real, like, I don't know if that was the main change, but it came across that way, so... Yeah, that was the main change. So I'm so okay. That's fine. Sometimes I have to, like, if I'm in character's kitchen, I have to kind of hold back the anger because he's really, like, yeah. powerful kind of person. Yeah. And, and, like, you know, just lets it all out and can come across as a bit passive-aggressive. Yeah. So, like, I wanted that same power, but I wanted it to be, like, you know, that breath of fresh air, being like, it's okay, you know, and kind of giving him Channel, a bit of a breath. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad they came across. Yeah, because I think... One of the early incarnations, I've witnessed is <laughs> using a gun and killing their old self, and yeah. you know, I was like, okay, so we're starting there. Like, you know, it's a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's fine, but it's uh, it's right up there, and it's going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started out with some like really intense videos because <laughs> that's how it felt yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, at the time, just learning all this, you're like, whoa, who am I? Is this who I am? Really? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know anymore. So it's like you almost have to get rid of that person or for a small time kill them off for a little bit and become someone else look at the your position and, and your experience from a different perspective yeah and you know Susie didn't die it's okay <laughs> Susie's not dead it's okay <laughs> she's still here I think there's an like it's quite accurate in a way to you know how when you grow up, when one grows up, goes through life, you are kind of encouraged, hey, stop that, you know, do be that way, do this. And I think you do actually quote that in your pieces. You're saying, you're not real. And you're saying, yeah, but no yeah. one's real. Like, what is real? It's all a construct. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, yeah, I think being comfortable with that or acknowledging that's quite important. Um, are there any, putting you on the spot here, any artists who, during this journey of coming from, print to performance into films who've really helped shape you or inspired you yeah definitely like Claude Caron um Cindy Sherman Carrie Upson um Alice Decourt a lot of artists um so many artists actually you can't even think of all of them but yeah. um and then also the Pandragine as well their work and really um so a performance artist as well William L. Pope as well, who performs outside, like in public spaces. Um, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> oh, and Matthew Barney as well. I, I, somebody is in my head, and I have them at the tip of my tongue. I can't remember them. There's a lot of, uh, like, um, thank you, and there's a lot of, um, within your video pieces, uh, like, music is a big part. I, no, I noticed uh, Chet Baker, Morrissey, uh, Blondie, uh, 
and Madonna. I think Madonna might be up in years at some point. There's a lot of lip syncing going on, yeah. which I, I'm, I'm here for. That. Like, that's, that's great. Um, something I like about the lip syncing, or something I was going to ask you, um, it's, some, it's just my kind of personal projection, but like sometimes when, you know, when you're younger, or maybe not, you're your car as an older person you're, <laughs> you put on a song and you're like you are that pop star you are that thing right but it's a very private kind of moment you know like I remember pretending to be various like Elvis or Eddie Vedder as I progressed into it <laughs> but the way you've captured and showing it it's like it's, I don't know like do, how does that make you feel it's like you know a lot of people would say oh that's what I do that I can relate to that yeah you know? well I, I guess it is about kind of make, making the personal public and that's kind of a political act actually um and yeah it is about making it more accessible to people like I don't make art my artwork just for you know an art audience um or people who have an education in art but actually for anybody like I want anybody to be able to connect with it and enjoy it and um get it very simply and uh yeah like lip syncing goes back to I guess I, I'm realizing that drag is a huge part of my work and a huge inspiration for my work and always has been and that's why all the characters are very exaggerated mm-hmm. and lip syncing is a huge part of drag and really everybody does it and it yeah. also goes back to how we mimic and um, try to attain this like celebrity image and almost like say oh uh, I like how this celebrity is and take a little bit of that and that's why the whole the whole um, show is called Living Collage because we're just taking parts of others that we like and making our own person and we have control over who that is so yeah lip syncing is an important part of that because it's like we're miming others and becoming that fantasy in that moment for that for that moment yeah there's almost a sort of theatrical element to it like you're going through emotions sometimes people speak for you or you kind of you know yeah and um, I think we may wrap in a moment, but before we do, um, I would like to thank the Presentation Arts Centre um, on behalf of Let Me Do This. It's been great. Um, the Arts Council and Wexford Arts Centre. Um, for yourself, anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? Well, thank you so uh, much <laughs> for this opportunity to talk about my work. And uh, The setup is so beautiful. It's exactly what I wanted. So extra. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to expect today when we were coming in. I was like, are we going to do recording before? Are we going to sit and Then thanks to the, uh, the helpful direction of Brian, we have had this whole thing put together. So thank you yeah. very much, Brian. I want to say, yeah, thank you to everybody. I want to say thank you to everybody that I collaborated with over the last year. Like, um, I want to thank, you know, the designers, Izzy O'Reilly, Roshan Garland, and uh, I would like to thank everybody who's ever supported me really yeah. to get to this moment who's believed in the work really my family um and the presentation for like having me like here and having my work here and believing in it as well so yeah there's a lot of people to thank <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah that's all I want to say really and I hope people can make it to um the show mm-hmm. and enjoy it and give me feedback if they like and yeah I hope they enjoy it yeah that's right mm-hmm. and your the obviously Saturday, upcoming Saturday is sold out but for your um, screening in Cork uh, tickets are available at the moment yeah they are right. yeah, which is great and it's going to be like alongside other really good movies as sure. well like that are recent graduates and like artist films yeah. so I'm going to be there actually yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's your first time having this one shown on a, on a larger screen right 
Yeah, like it's my first time actually being able to see it in, on a large screen. Yeah, for sure. Um, because everything, all the other festivals that I've been getting into are in America, so I haven't been able to go over there. Yeah, so I'm really excited because it was made for the cinematic experience. Yeah. 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 And it's going down well because I know, like, in terms of those festivals in America, in New York and Los Angeles, you've count I can name them here. <laughs> yeah, the New York Film Awards 2020, Film Carnival Awards 2020. Los Angeles Film Awards 2020, mm. prestigious, prestigious, prestigious Los Angeles, yeah. Los Angeles 2020. Yeah. That's that's not exhaustive. Like it's gone down. It's been really well received. Yeah, it's been. Really well. shocked and congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. No, I yeah. I was shocked actually because it was kind of like my first proper film. Like, right. but like yeah, it's it's really like I actually got a lot of like um support with that with the technician that that is also my friend um in NCAD. Right. And her name's Julia, and she she shot that so perfectly. Like I think our energies just really like worked together during that time. And I think oh, she also believed in the work and believed also in Meryl yeah. as a character. So she she the way she shot it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I have to be very honest about that. Like there's no way I can take full credit for mm-hmm. that. This the cinematography was perfect. Yeah. Great. Okay, I think we'll probably call it there. Um, thank you so much for this. Oh, also, the music in oh, the film. My husband, Reynaldo Bonet, he did the music and he's unreal. And that also made the film what yeah. it is. It it's really marries the film perfectly. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Okay, thank you very much for this today and upcoming. I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you.